Welcome to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm your co-host Mason S. With me as always is Travis K. This podcast is not meant to replace meeting, sponsorship, step work, or service. This is meant to be just another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm Mason S. I'm an addict. With me, as always, is old TK. Yeah, yeah. And just as, well, it's just as important as the steps. The second part of the 12-week series, we're going to do the traditions now. Um, the ties that bind us together. And uh, today we have a very special guest, Mr. Bobby W. How you doing, Bob? Doing good. How y'all doing today? Doing good, buddy. Life is good today. Another good day to be clean. Yes, sir. If you want to start with your uh, clean date and then give your home group a shout out. Clean date is uh, January 13, 2018. I got clean with the newcomers groups and Arcogs Anonymous. Come on with it. Still an active member there today. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, before we dive into the topic today, we want to get to know you a little bit, Bobby. Uh, well, let our listeners get to know you. Me and Travis know you pretty well. And so we can, uh, if you want to, just kind of kind of talk about what life looked like before you found NA and, and how you discovered that there was a fellowship called Narcotics Anonymous and then ultimately how you got involved in it. All right. Well, all right. My name is Bobby and I'm an addict. So... You know, as growing up as a child, I grew up in a good home. I honestly did. But I do deal with uh, daddy issues and abandonment issues and stuff like that. You know, <clears throat> I looked up to the older men in my life. A lot of the older men in my life are always getting locked up and going to prison and stuff like that. So I thought that's what always what tough guys did. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was destined for me. But, you know, like I said, I grew up in a good home and I was raised right. But I just steered the other path you know i was raised by a good mom my stepdad he was amazing you know what I mean? he took on mom and raised us like his own kid so i had a good upbringing i just chose my own path uh first time i ever started drugs of course in seventh grade i ain't gonna stay in all that mess too much high school i've done the harder drugs now after graduation it's just i barely graduated but after graduation you know i just got out there i was just living the party life however i wanted to you know, uh, wasn't keep, keeping a job. I lived with my brother. Couldn't even keep my own, have my own place. It, it struggled, just struggled, man. Just partied all the time. And, uh, you know, uh, so there's some things that I said I was never going to do because, uh, like I said, I had daddy issues. I said I was never going to abandon my kids. I was never going to stick a needle in my arm. I never said I was going to do a certain drug. You know, I ended up doing all three of them things. And that certain drug I fell in love with. You know, then I forgive today. I'm able to forgive my dad because I seen how easy it was for him to do what he did to me because I did the same thing to my kids. So I'm able to forgive him today and see that now. But, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I was destined for that path. Uh, so I thought, I, you know, yeah, I'm a very influenced person by movies and music. So I got to be careful on that stuff that I listen and watch too. Cause I've been watching these movies, think I can be these big time gangsters, big time drug dealers. You know what I mean? But all reality, all that was, was that 
Love going, Nick going down, punk on the streets from Homewalk, Tennessee, basically. You know, uh, and don't get it twisted. You know, uh, drugs wasn't only my only addiction. You know, I fell into a bad gambling addiction too that done to me what drugs just never did. You know, I never stole from my drugs. I never had to use my people up. I was always able to hustle it. But when it went to gambling, you know, I couldn't figure out how to hustle a casino. You know, uh, still, I even quit using it at that point in time because I was addicted to gambling. That's all where my money went. You know, so I, I struggled with more than just the drugs, man. It was before narcotics and almost I had addiction that I struggled with that wasn't just drugs. And I knew it it made my life real unmanageable and it was horrible, you know. Uh, but yeah, I would actually at one point I stole my stepdad's pills that I loved and sold them to actually go gamble. You know what I mean? That's how bad my gambling addiction was. So, but I was back at the end of my using days, you know, close to the end of it. I was here in the town that I was grew up in. I had my addiction and I was uh, selling. So then I got busted finally. <clears throat> got arrested. I was out here in this jail that they got, you know, uh, and they had this meeting come in. Two guys from the streets that grew up in this town. They was bringing an H&I meeting in our, of Narcotics Anonymous. I started going to that library and talking to them, you know, sitting there you know it was easy for me to buy into the program it was easy to buy in for me to me it was easy for me to buy in because i knew what they were saying had to be true because you know the meetings that at that point in time was at 12 o'clock on a saturday and they would come in here in a place you know they didn't want to be in because they spent most of their life there they tell me about this program and how happy and how much better of a life they got once you do that on a Saturday at 12, you pretty much ruined your whole Saturday. You know what I mean? You ain't got much to do anything else. And that's how, you know, and I looked at that. So I, it told me, I said, there's something to this. They're telling me the truth. You know, this has got to be a better way. And, you know, now I heard that third tradition, it's uh, the only requirement for membership is a desire not to use. At that point in time, I did have the desire not to use, but I thought I was still going to get out and do some other stuff. You know what I mean? But as long as I kept coming back to the maintenance, that, that all that those those desires changed too, you know. Uh, so that's how I was introduced to narcotics anonymous through H and I, you know. Uh, you know, God works in mysterious ways. God, you never know what God's will for you is, and a, a lot of people probably think different about this, but I think it was God's will for me to go to prison when I did, you know, because whenever I was in that jail. I was using the word I'm never going to use again. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Never, never, never. You know what I mean? But I was also in an environment that was controlled, which I had opportunities, but I never did. But I had life made at that point in time. You know what I mean? I was free as I ever was. I was able to see my kids, eat lunch with them on the streets, go out and work for a workplace every day. But in today, what I really think is it was God's will for me to go to prison. It was meant for me to get sent out to prison because it, he wanted me to see what it was going to be like for the first time I got put in an uncomfortable situation, what I was going to do. And what I did, I did what I knew to do. I got high because I knew I was going to a dangerous place. I didn't know nobody. I didn't have nobody. I didn't have to program no more. I was left to my own devices. He needed to show me how weak I really was. You know what I mean? Instead of how strong I thought I was, how vulnerable I was, but and how strong the addiction is. You know what I mean? How my disease can work on me. He needed to show me all that by sending me there. But the, thought, the flip side of it, though, is he sent me to a prison that wasn't a dangerous prison. 
You know, it was a very easy, relaxed prison because he knew what I had to go through, though. Because uh, if I went to another one, I don't know what would have happened to me. The prison I was at, you know, I mean, it's more for a work release. And it's just non-violent offenders. And I got lucky on that part of it. But it was, I, th I do honestly believe it was his will for me to do all of that. You know, at that point in time, I stayed high the whole time I was in there, though. I mean, and I shouldn't be out on the streets of Cornwall today. I was screwing up real bad in there too. And, but it's also was God's will for me to go learn that lesson. And he put this disciplinary woman in across my path that, you know, I had pissed off real bad, but she still, you know what I mean? Uh, I was, I got caught with some stuff. I could have got some more street charges. And then at the end of it, she looked at me when, when I was fixing to have my hearing for that disciplinary action. She told me, she said, Mr. White, do you pray? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said that uh, what I'm going to do, I got what it was, I got caught with 14 boxing strips. Not to talk about a substance, but that's what it was. You know what I mean? I was enough for a street charge, a brand new charge that could have kept me in there longer. She looked at me and said, I'm dropping this right up down for you to a verbal warning. Your custody level's not going to change. And I'm coming to your pro here and I'm getting you out of here. You know what I mean? And if that wasn't a God of my understanding, I don't know what was, you know. Uh, and I really think for once why God done that is because whenever I went to, because before that, she told me to go to my cell, pack my stuff. When I get done packing my stuff, we're going to have my hearing after we eat. I'm going to Max and I'm going to the worst prison in the state of Tennessee. That was her words before all that, by the way. I went to my cell and I packed my stuff and I got up in my bed and I, I just said, God, I'm going to a very, very dangerous place. I need you to help me walk strong. Allow me not to get killed. You know what I mean? Just be with me on my walk. I didn't use, use up Fox Hope prayer. If you get me out of this or this or that, you know, for once in my life, I accepted my fate. I did this. This is what I get. You know what I mean? So God, I need you to help me walk strong. You know what I mean? That was all I was praying about. And so when I thought, and my honest opinion is he's answered that prayer by speaking through her, by doing what she did. I mean, that's what God's using her for me. You know, and that woman stuck to her, her word. She come to my pro hearing. I made parole, and I thanked her about it. And I told her, I said, ma'am, you, you just don't know my family really needs me out there. Because at this point in time, I done lost a kid, passed away. My brother died of an overdose. And my kid's mother had die too and she goes well why don't you tell me all that and it's like I told her I said well I wouldn't care nothing about any of that when I was up there getting high you know so I wasn't going to use that to get out of trouble this time and then she stuck to her word and I made pro and I got out and then I got plugged into Narcotics Anonymous immediately I didn't go I mean I know we, we practice go to a meeting your first day we preach it go to your meeting your first day out. I didn't make a meeting my first day out but my second day I sure did my first day out was with my family and my kids and everything. You know, uh, the second day I made a meeting. You know, my first two years in Narcotics Anonymous, I might have missed eight or nine meetings. I was in a, I mean, at that time in life, though, in our town, we didn't have an NA meeting every night of the week. I didn't have no license. So I had to go, I had to go to multiple fellowships. And I did, I did what I had to do, though. You know, and I'm very grateful for it, though. I picked up some here and there, you know, and left what I didn't need. And, you know, we're grateful today that we got meetings every day in this town. But, yeah, I stayed plugged in, you know, stay plugged into the recovery group. And I got involved immediately. I got involved immediately, started, you know, 
after 90 days, well, my first 30 days, within my first 30 days, I went to my first convention. You know, I remember on our way back, you know, uh, we stopped at a Cracker Barrel. I do believe it was a Cracker Barrel when I was eating. As a matter of fact, Travis looked at me and said, where'd you come from? <laughs> He's like, I know you're not from Buffalo Valley. You're not from here. You're not from Stillwaters. You just showed up. You know what I mean? I was like, well, I come from prison, man. <laughs> you know, this is my hometown. And I've never met the guy before, but it, it, that was a member reaching out, wanted to know about me. You know, where did you come from, man? You, I saw you showed up. You're here. You're showing. You're going with us. So that was a great thing. You know, uh, that was a good experience for me. You know, then, so like I said, I stay plugged in with Narcotics Anonymous, man. You know, uh, there's point, I ain't going to say I've been the best NA member of my whole, in my past five and a half years because I haven't. There's a couple years in it that, you know, I unplugged myself. You know, I, you know, I disconnected myself from the group, not the group done anything to me. I mean, I did show up to meetings. I was going to meetings regularly, but that's all I was doing at that point in time of my recovery. And that got me through, through enough that I got started obsessing over the fact that I'm not doing nothing, doing nothing in my recovery. You know, I was obsessing over, I'm just making meetings. I'm not doing no step work. I'm not doing no tradition. I'm not doing anything. I wasn't holding no service positions. I wasn't chairing meetings. You know, I obsessed over thinking about that in my mind. I said, well, I got to do something about it. So, you know, it's like I shared not too long ago. You know, I kept a sponsor for so long just so I could tell y'all guys I had a sponsor. I mean, I wasn't being held accountable for nothing. I wasn't being made to do anything. I wasn't even calling the guy, hardly. So I had to make a decision to change sponsors. And I did that here recently. You know, it is one of the best decisions that I made because he's actually made me start working on my traditions. You know what I mean? I'm actually just started tradition one this past week, you know, and I've started, I got, I'm plugging back in, got on some committee boards and, you know, started chairing meetings again because I need that, you know, cause I, I always hear about it. You know what I mean? If I ain't working on my recovery, I'm working on a relapse and therefore a couple of years, I wasn't working on my recovery. It's very important. You know, I'm glad I hear that kind of stuff. I'm glad I hear it. Because I had to I think about it. People were saying it and they think about it. So I started thinking about it. I was like, well, I'm not working on my recovery, so I must be working on a relapse. I've got to start putting some action into it. And that's what I started doing here recently, getting plugged back in, getting where I used to be, man. Because I remember in the beginning, I was the NA person, the guru, and I was breaking every part of tradition one, if you want to know the truth. You know what I mean? Because I was going to run that meeting and I wanted to make the run how I wanted to run. I won't go buy those stinking three hundred damn dollar coffee pot. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> that's just how it was. You know what I mean? It, yeah. In the beginning, I didn't have much unity with me, and you know, but then I learned over time how important it really is. You no, know, I'm glad to be a part of this fellowship. I'm glad to, be, glad to be a part of newcomers group. You know, we're doing some great things in newcomers. Beginning, we didn't have all that. We thrived in the beginning of being a rogue group. You know what I mean? Can't no one tell us what to do. But it's not like that today. You know, uh, we love being a part of them. Our home group's pulled together, and we're doing amazing things and trying to do amazing things for the fellowship of NA and the sick and seven recovering addict. You know, uh, one of the best things, one of the greatest things we've done before is trying to start a new meeting in another county, you know, it didn't get the support we was hoping, so it, it sucks that we had to stop it, but it just didn't get the support. Don't mean we won't try again, though. You know, that's what 
that's what I've learned a lot with the in NA, you know what I mean? You just keep trying to do no matter what you gotta do to reach out to that uh sick and suffering addict, you know, when we try to do what we can to the best of our abilities. You know, yeah. I'm uh, like I said, I'm proud to be a part of uh newcomers. I mean, they've newcomers group is keeping me out of prison and saving my life, brother. Yeah, that's good stuff, Bob. I I just want to touch on um you talking about being disconnected for a little bit. What's the biggest difference that you notice in yourself when you find yourself disconnected from the fellowship versus how you feel currently when you are connected? Well, I mean, when I'm disconnected, you know, it's my spirit's not filled. You know, I tell you that first and foremost, my spirit's not filled, you know, uh, uh, isolated. I, I, I would love to say, you know, I think I was calling it healthy isolation, but it really wasn't. You know, I was just disconnected to it. I was disconnected, and I thought it was healthy for me to be by myself, and it really wasn't, man. And uh, just a lot of my ways of thinking and the way I looked at the group, you know what I mean? And my, I was forming bad opinions on people in the group, and it wasn't true. It's just stuff all in my head. Well, they don't reach out to me and stuff like that. Well, you know what? I wasn't reaching out to them. You know, I, if I want to be in the middle of the circle, I got to put myself in the middle of the circle. And that's uh, mainly I, just, I lost a lot of my spiritual connection. You know, I really did. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't like from the outside looking in that your life was chaotic or anything like you're, you know, you were in a beeline back to using, but I, I, I totally understand, you know, and I find myself doing that too. You know, I was, recently not as connected as i had been for the previous four or five years and you start compiling these differences in people and i started you know i don't know if you can relate to this but like separating myself from them and saying well they do all this and i don't agree with that and i don't want to be a part of it and yada yeah. yada yada you know but yeah I'm, yeah, that's a big part of it, man. And then you more, I caught myself wanting to catch resentment towards y'all, towards yeah. people in the group. And it was all still, and it was my fault because didn't no one do nothing wrong. I disconnected from y'all. ain't like y'all disconnected from me. You know, I struggle with that too. But what usually brings me back is I remember that even if I do get resentful, I like to place, I like to call the individuals inside the meeting in a but none of us are really NA. We're members of NA. Yeah. At the end of the day, NA doesn't fail me because the principles are always perfect in the form of, you know, the fellowship. The individuals inside of it who, just like me, don't have the ability to to be perfect. We're all going to fall short in different areas. And it's easy for me to pick apart those differences. But if I remember, I'm not there to be the most popular guy. I'm right. not there to love to I'm there to love everybody, not to like everybody. But at the end of the day, I'm there to save my own ass still. Cause even yeah, if I, I don't like the people in there, I gotta be there because that's the only thing that's ever worked for me. I tried all that other stuff before. And it still holds true to this day. You know, so I gotta be I gotta be with those folks, whether I feel resentful for towards them or not. It's not you know, I, I can let their actions to me, when I'm ever, whenever I want to justify not being there, I let their actions say, well, that's what NA is all about. But it's not. NA's program and principles are, you know, they're set in stone and they don't waver. 
you know. But. Yeah, I liked how you just touched on uh, you don't got to be the most popular guy because that was a hard one for me to learn. I wanted to, you know what I mean? I wanted everybody to like me. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to be up there. Be, I wanted to be put on a pedestal of the N.A. poster child, you know what I mean? And that was a hard one for me to learn. Whenever I got past that saying, and I realized, what is your problem, dude? You know, you ain't got to be that. That's whenever I was able to get back and connected because, I mean, what's the point of being – I wanted to be popular all my damn life. You know what I mean? And it got me nowhere. Yeah. I don't have to be that today. You know, I ain't got to be the most popular nothing. You know, I just got to be a part of. I'm ready for my story to be in the back of the basic text. I know that. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> yeah, that's what I was resenting for. Why ain't they came to me and asked me when my story's going in there? Yeah, you'll no. be – You'll be first in line for the seventh edition. I'm sure. Day. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but that's all good stuff. Uh, another thing I want to touch on is you talked about hearing the message inside of the jail. And uh, what are some things? Is that the first time that you started hearing some of these ideas? And I know you knew the guys that were coming in there. Um, did the hope shot really begin then by you knowing them when they were active in active addiction and then seeing the change in their life? when they were coming in there, is that when the hope shot really started? Yes. Uh, that, and I never knew about the program. And until then, I never knew about narcotics anonymous until then. And, uh, yeah, that's when it started, man. But I knew they weren't lying to me. I knew they was coming in there and they was telling me the truth, you know, and I knew they had something better to do on a Saturday besides come to that jail and sit there and tell me some lies. You know what I mean? So I knew there was something to it. I knew they were telling me the truth, you know, uh, I was good. I was gonna touch on this when we started talking about traditional one, but the two guys that uh brought started bringing NA to me, you know it, it. I think it talks in our basic text with two NA members that don't like each other come together to help the newcomer. Yeah. The two guys that were coming in there bringing a meeting to me, they were in rehab together and hated each other. And one of them shared on the fact that he was sent behind one in rehab and he had to catch himself from knocking the other one out. But here they are coming together, bringing a meeting to a jail to help the sick and suffering addict, man. Yeah, and they ended up being best friends. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I know those two individuals very well. And uh, they hated each other a lot longer than before rehab. Uh, but, yeah, you know, to if you would have asked, one of them has passed away. If you would have asked him before he passed away who his best friend in the world was, there would have been no doubt who it was. You know, almost so, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool, man. And uh, what's really cool is now, on the flip side, you're now getting to do the same thing that they were doing. You know? Yes. Uh, I remember when they was coming in. You know, I was. I told myself, I'm gonna sit where they're sitting one day. I'm gonna be doing what they're doing. And I get to live that out, you know, and I really do. And one of them gets to see me living that out. And I wish, it's like you said, you mentioned that one of them has passed away, you know. Uh, that one, he, dude, that man bleed to me. He saw some stuff into me I never saw into myself because, you know, uh, he didn't know me from nothing but what I told him in that library of that jail. But a man come to my pro here and speak on me to get me out, my first one. You know, and I said, well, what about your job? You got a job plan? He said, oh, he's going to come work for me. We ain't even discussed that. You know what I mean? But he's sitting there, you know, speaking up for me. You know, that's what they showed me that, you know, uh, 
they showed me love. They showed me, hey, I see there's something in you. I got faith in you. I mean, that's what it, I mean. For a man that don't really know, I mean, that knows about what's going on, but what you told him in that library, for him to say all that and put his name on you, that speaks volumes. You know what I mean? And that's what happens in the rooms. That's what we do for each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. You know, whenever I'm, we were talking about being di disconnected earlier. Whenever I'm feeling disconnected, my mind is usually not on those guys in that jail that if I disconnect myself from the fellowship, those are the guys that are going to be missing out, the people that I do H&I with. You know, I get real selfish and I start thinking about me. Well, these people hurt my feelings. They piss me off. You know, I'm not thinking about, well, what are you – who are you robbing of hearing the message of NA because you want to shut yourself off, you know? Um, right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, regardless of what anybody in the fellowship does to me, or I think they do to me, it's not worth um, robbing the people of the blessing of hearing about this message, you know? And uh, yeah, cause I think, you know, not that H and I wouldn't go on if, if, me or you or Travis or anybody wasn't a part of it, but I think we all have a unique ability to reach certain people, the people that you can reach. I may not, they may not, they may think I'm full of shit and vice versa. Right. You know, so, um, those certain individual ones whose relatability lines up so much with my story or with your story, if I'm not there, then they miss out on that, you know? So yep. it's one way I look at it. Yeah, and it's also it's a <clears throat> the fact that growing up in this this little town, you know, and most of the people who are in there know what we were, know where we was in life. Hell, we was probably in jail with half of them, and you know what I'm mean? saying. Yeah. And they see what's going on today. You know, that's you know I see the light flick on a lot of their eyes, and they were like, "Man, I'm glad you're doing so great." Oh, man, it's glad to see you in here. You know, it's. They know it's there. They know that there, there's truth to the program. You know, they tell me that. They said, "I know it's working because I see you today." You know what I mean? And it's that is the, one of the biggest blessings. And you're right. You know, uh, well, I, the people I can reach, you might not be able to reach. Same as the very next person. You know, it's it's how we address it. And how, you know, it's I don't know. It's the language we all speak a different language. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same message, but just a different language. Yeah. Yep. That's why it takes all of us. And I guess we'll get into that in the topic. Um, but yeah, you know, what's cool about our jail is the influence of NA has not only helped the members in there, because we got a couple of home group members now who were recently in there who came out and found us because of that. And the second part is, is that the... Um, I forget what they call the administrator over the jail started to see some results in NA and they decided to apply for a grant to get a treatment program in out there. And, you know, like, well, you've spent time in County jail to think about being able to be in County jail and to have an opportunity to go through treatment and then have access to NA. And those things are crazy and had people not, been going in there consistently and and them starting to see results that there is hope for these individuals that keep coming through like a revolving door uh they may not have the opportunity to have that grant in there today which is fucking phenomenal you know so 
Um, anyways, Trav, you want to jump in on this thing? Yeah, sure. Okay. You want me to read the tradition? I right? do want you to okay. read it. Yeah. All right. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on NA unity. One of the things that really jump out to me is welfare in that in that sentence. Uh, I remember the first time I read it, I was like, welfare. The let me get thing, some. You know, you know, let I'm, me get some. <laughs> well, I, don't yeah, right? I was already there, but. Yeah. You want me to keep going? No, we're going okay. we'll, to, we'll, we'll bounce back to you. We're going to dive over here to, to Bobby. When you hear, um, when, or what do you got on tradition one, Bob? Oh, man, it's, it's the unity of tradition one that I love so much. And yeah, the welfare one, it, you know, it's, I was, when I was reading it, the guiding principles, you know, it's, that's how a lot of us think about welfare when we first hear it, you know, we think about, the help from the government or this or that, you know, but you know, it's the common welfare. It's the health of our group and it's keeping our group together because without a group is like it says, without a group, there is no individual. You no, know, uh, I lo- I just love the unity that tradition one talks about a lot. It's the unity, you know, and it's like I said, I wasn't part of that in the beginning, you know, and today with our, what our group does, the unity that we have, you know, we do got a lot of differences of opinions in our group and you know, it's how we, we got a lot of them and you know, it's, but it's how we carry it, you know, and in the beginning I was always my attitude, my voice, my anger, all that would always show, but it don't gotta be like that. You know, I need to be open to the next person's what they're saying. I gotta be willing to hear it because if I don't hear it from somebody else, I'm not going to know it. That gives me time to think about it. They're seeing it from another point of view. I mean, it's like it talks about, you know, uh, we all got control issues in our active addiction. We, and we carry them with us as we get clean. But we got to remember, we don't got to control everything. You know, it's important that we have a voice and an opinion, but it's also important for us to remember our opinions ain't always the best opinions and what's best for the group. You know, I got to remember that it's, it's important for me to be able to voice it, but it's also important for me to sit back and listen. It's also important for me to know, hey, I might not always be right. I got to remember all that whenever I remember messing with tradition one. You know, it's that's a lot of stuff that I didn't do in the beginning. because I was always right. My opinion was the best. This is where we're going to do it. You know, I went to the extent where, you know, there's only very few of us in there and I put a motion in to saying, Y'all are going to laugh about this, but I put a motion in saying, well, it's got to be anonymous through the whole group to pass anything. You know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, it, I had to hear, matter of fact, I had to hear Travis say one time, that gives that gives power to one person. And that's not unity. You know what I mean? That's not practicing unity. If we're giving that person, that power, that one person the power to say, no, I do not want that to pass, and they raise their hand, you know, that wasn't a group conscious. That was that individuals, you know. Uh, I had to hear that for that to change my mind about that, you know. Because that's just what, that's how I wouldn't, I wouldn't been open to hear that kind of stuff. But I had to get open to hear that, to think about it, and, you know, to really put NA first in the group first, not as an individual. Because if I didn't like what you were saying, all I had to do was say, well, I'm not voting on that. I could be the only one to raise my hand, even though the other 99 did. 
and I could be the only one to say no. That gave me power, and that's not that wasn't the group conscious. That was just my conscious, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I think about tradition one, uh, at the end of the day, we all share one thing in common, and that is our need to recover. That's our need for the fellowship. That's our need for NA, the steps and the traditions, and we all need a place to go. Yes, sir. And sometimes I'm going to have to surrender my wants, my needs, what I think's best, those opinions that you shared that you were talking about for the betterment of the group. Now, I want you to keep in mind while I'm saying all this spiritual shit, literally three days ago, <laughs> I jumped up out of a subcommittee meeting and walked the fuck out because I didn't get my way. And um, I'm not proud about that, but that's just reality. I mean, we still do that. <laughs> shit gets heated. But at the same time, what I am proud of is that the very next day I was at an NA function and the people that I was mad at was at an NA function and we were able to talk and communicate and it's all good now, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's important. We got that awareness today. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we, we can aware when we act out and our fellow, I mean, if we really get to know each other in the fellowship, we're aware of other people and their feelings too. And we can be like, well, well, you know what I mean? That was just to be understanding. We can put all that to the side. You know, that's where all these traditions tie in together. You know what I mean? That ties into the 12th tradition, you know, it pretty in a way, you know, ties it, that's what I love tradition. about it. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what I love about it because that's what happens when you get unified, you learn one another, you know what I mean? And you learn, all right, yeah, he's going to be all right. Let's just let him, we'll talk to him tomorrow. We just, tomorrow's a new day. We all went to bed. We woke up and that's in the past, you know? Yeah. Um. So let's talk about some of the results that you've seen uh, Tradition One have. For example, I think one of the great results that we see is what we experienced last night. Um, Just stuff like that. Like when, cause you know, as well as I do, we're, what's so seven eight days apart in clean date we came in together been through this thing together and we've seen our home group go from where there were four to five people at a business meeting to where there's 30 people at a business meeting uh consistently but we took a lot of us you know what two three years ago decided that we were going to put some work in on the traditions and really start trying to apply these and um i think you know, when we started with step one and started looking at unity and realizing that when we don't get our way that, you know, everything's going to be all right, we're able to come together and have events and things like we have last night. Just what's some of the things that you've seen tradition do one do for your home group? Well, first and foremost, it's, uh, it's right here. You know, I don't like being the big – I like speaking from the heart most of the time, but, you know – I'm sitting here, I look at stuff. It's like I'm looking in the basic text. It says, our survival is directly related to the survival of the group and the fellowship. Well, for one thing, in the beginning, we weren't part of the fellowship. We was just a group. Like I said, we 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 got off from saying we're rogue. You know what I mean? We weren't part of an area. We weren't part of nothing bigger than just our home group. But when we started diving into it, when the individuals in the group started diving into it, you know, we got involved in the area level being part of the na fellowship at that point in time you know 
I felt like when we was, yeah, we was in a group, but, you know, not being part of the area, I felt we were disconnected, you know, in many ways. But today we got that connection, you know what I mean? And uh, a lot of people in our home group today where we couldn't do stuff like back then, like we couldn't be part of a convention committee because we weren't in the area. Yeah. But we got home group members today to get involved in all that stuff. You know, it's like the speaker gym that got put together, you know. Just four years ago, it was talked about within, like you said, two to three weeks. Oh, in the first 48 hours, we raised the money to put it on Yeah, just by talking about it. And then we put it together and it put it on within a couple of weeks and had an outstanding turnout, you know, uh, and it's been able to go on ever since. It's become a big thing that people talk about. And that's where we put everything aside. We came together. There's some of us in the beginning, like, oh, we ain't got enough time to do this. And we had to trust God. And I remember someone saying, you got to trust God. You know what I mean? He'll, he'll, if there's a will, there's a way, you know, uh, you know, it's like, I had the opportunity, you know, uh, one of my best moments is one of my favorite moments since I've been playing, you know, there's going on a 12 step call, you know, it's not usually people that I would have went out on a 12 step call with, but we all had this mutual friend. And even though it was in the, during the middle of a meeting, I, I got the message saying this person's home now. All right. So we all looked around. I was like, it's time. And we all jumped up and went on a normal situation. I wouldn't have been with these individuals. Yeah, that's where it talks about two people that don't, you know, normally get together. Well, they get together for that sick and suffering addict. You know what I mean? That's what we've done as a group, you know. Uh, and with tradition one, you know, in the beginning, there's a few people I just totally despised. You know what I mean? Just totally didn't like, didn't care about in the business meetings, you know. But after I got to know them, and talk to them, you know, I got to see where they was coming from. Yeah. How they looked at their, their point of view and things, you know what I mean? And I had, and I had to be open to that. And I got to practice that, you know, practice open-mindedness with them, you know what I mean? And actually I'm good friends with them individuals today. You know, we get along great. You know, it's putting all of our differences to the side, you know, uh, like I said, you know, and what I do, I would encourage a lot of people to, first and foremost you know it's if you got an opinion that's against a group that what if you got an opinion that's against what a lot of people are saying it's very important that we put that opinion out there too because there's something that they may be missing yeah. it's something that you may say that like change their way of thinking is it very important we all have that opinion and we voice it because it needs to be said you know uh it's really is coming together and, you know, being a part of something bigger than I am is what's amazing. Cause it, I mean, it's like I said, it's without a group or there is no individual, yeah. you know, if I ain't being unified with everybody, I'm nobody. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we got a good example too, about when you don't, uh, when you don't apply this tradition, like not with an NA group, but we seen the other fellowship in our town kind of, kind of crumble uh for these same reasons you know uh when the personalities begin to dominate and we you know when people are not able to surrender that you know we of course that's a total different fellowship it's not you know it's wasn't we looked at it like it wasn't our problem but it still was something we could learn from that 
If we allow individuals oh, to take over from this, this could happen to our well, Actually, what does it say in the tradition itself, you know, in, you know, uh, chapter six, you know, from our predecessors, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's a learning curve. Yeah. <clears throat> That's it. And we learned what not to do. That's it. We learned what not to do. Um, Let's talk about let's talk about last night for a minute, man. We had our fourth annual speaker jam, uh, which is a home group event that we've been putting on for the last four years. Uh, we had uh, Kermit O, who was a guest on the podcast. He came from Virginia to to be our main speaker. We had Jacob P, Ashley P, and uh, Jasmine, which is Kermit's wife, opened it up. We had Mitzi D uh, play some music for us. I just thought. Over, oh, yeah, I can't forget my man Travis killed it on the barbecue. <laughs> OTK's barbecue was on point. But yes, I just got to give uh, Andrew a shout out. Oh, Andrew, hey, beans, yeah. man. I'm telling you. Uh, but Adam's over, mom fixed the slaw. I mean, just unity all together. Overall, right just what a beautiful event and a day. And uh, what a day for the Fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous and. You know, all these these guys that traveled, you know, hours and hours to come and spend time with us and find out that even though we're small and rural, that, you know, we're we're all about the recovery down here. And I just really thought it was a phenomenal day. Was it, what was your outtake from it, Bob? Oh, man. Uh, so, uh, you know, I took a back burner this year on, doing, you know, uh, helping set up and, you know, carrying out just doing helping with it you know because i i sat back to this year you know and i was sitting back with one of the members john l i was sitting by myself just watching everybody i think it's when bingo was going on he's like what are you doing sitting by yourself man i said man i'm just sitting back here and i'm just smiling and enjoying watching everybody right now you know i mean just see i was thinking about from all the states you know we had people from several different states to come to this, like you said, this rural area in Tennessee, you know, for one day, you know what I mean? It ain't like this is a big convention. We got people, there's people doing it just for one day just to come together and have a good time, you know. And I was sitting back there just thinking about all that, and I, got, I was enjoying, I mean, I really enjoyed a lot of people watching yesterday and seeing the happiness and the laughs, you know, and seeing people come in that's come through our home group it's moved on it comes back to do our events like this you know uh got to see one of my old sponsees last night you know uh he was doing great you know uh and uh you know one of the touching moments i had last night was that member that got wrapped up in the cloth you know uh she come through our home group and done done great and then had a mistake you know, thing and just seeing that moment and seeing her come back to one of our events and that moment happened to her, you know, it it was touching to me, you know, it was because she loved it. I mean, she tries to come back and loves our home group so much and loves the events that we do, you know, and then for that to happen with her, it was just a great moment. You know, yesterday was an amazing day. You know, I got I got filled a lot. I liked a lot of what Kerman said in the beginning, how he was in his first 90 days. You know what I mean? I felt that. You know, wanted gonna rewrite the basic text, like you said. Why ain't your story back there? You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> he, he touched on that. And, you know, it, it was funny because I have a feeling a lot of us feel like that in the beginning. You know, it's 
And he touched on it. It brought me back to my first night, especially knowing we've been fixing to talk about tradition one and how I was, you know, not following it. You know, I'm going to do this, make this, make how I want it. You know, it's then hear him say that he just touched home with me. You know, it really did. Yeah. But yesterday was a great day and a great event. Just seeing everybody come from multiple states just to come hang out for the day, enjoy it. You know, it's, it's awesome. You know, it's awesome every year. I mean, we've had that every year. Yeah. And you know what it makes me think about is if you're, if you're listening in your home group, it's in a small rural area. Don't be afraid to, to put it together and, and, you know, put you a flyer together and get it out and the people will be there. You know, the people will come and I, I think more home groups should have events like that. It's something really special. You know, I love area and regional events conventions you know they're second to none but there's something special about home group events too and and uh and and i know for us like the service that's required from our home group to put on an event like that it always draws us closer together you know as soon as that event was over what one thing i took away is like the people even the people that traveled everybody instantly after the prayer was over started picking up chairs and cleaning off tables and putting tables up and it wasn't just like eight committee members that were on the committee it wasn't people going around well i ain't on the committee i think my everybody pitched in together and you know picked up and cleaned up and it was really neat to see and yeah that moment where we wrapped when we wrapped her in that cloth that that's you know that's always my favorite part yeah you know? Yeah, it's uh it, that one. It just touched different from me for me on the, on that one because you know it was like I said, she's come through us. She she was well, our part of our home group in the beginning, you know. And later on in life, she just had a mistake, and then for her to get wrapped in that cross at one of our events that she yeah. came to, I mean that just that touched me. You know what I mean? And I believe it's, without a shadow of a doubt, she'll bring that cloth back next year. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And I think it was meant for her to be there, too. I mean, it was yep. it was meant for her to be there last night for that to happen. Because no one knows that that was going to happen with that individual until that moment it happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, speaking of unity, I mean, how many times can you get that many drug addicts in one place and not have fights? Yeah, right. Isn't it crazy we have all these events and no fist fights? No, no disagreements, no nothing. Yeah, it's crazy. Except for whenever they try to put us in jail or throw a pie in our face, you know, <laughs> we might, we might, we might get a little butt hurt then. Oh uh, yeah. Well, that's 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 uh, that's trauma for a lot of us, you know. That's PTSD <laughs> and shutting us in a jail or whatever. But yeah, yeah, it was a great event, and uh, Bobby, we can't thank you enough for coming over here and sharing some of your experience. You know, I've got, like I said earlier, we got to watch you grow and, you know, we were, we've done this thing together and you went from, you know, getting a, getting a job, living with your mom, you moved on and bought, uh, you know, moved out of there, rented a place, have bought a place, you know, have progressed in your job and then had the wherewithal to know that when you took on too much, that it was time to take a step back. And, you know, I really, really enjoy being on this journey with you brother and you know you've you've given a lot of us not only in the fellowship but people in this town hope you know the ones that knew you so couldn't thank you enough yes. for coming on here brother no problem and uh just one thing you know i think it's very important that we touch on 
carrying tradition one outside of the fellowship into our everyday lives, into our yeah. work, and into our home lives. You know what I mean? That's very important. You you touched on, you know, uh, my job. You know, I did take a position and I stepped back at one point. Now I'm in a higher position. You know, I got supervisors under me and I want to micromanage stuff and I want to go out there and immediately tell them, all right, this is this. No, no. I was like, hold up. I got to stop myself and remember, all right, how do you want to do this? I got to let them have some control and I got to let their opinions be out there. You know what I mean? I got to, you know, that I got to carry this tradition with me everywhere I go. And especially in my position at work, it's very important to me to have that at work, you know, and in, in the relationships with my kids and stuff. You know, this tradition goes far beyond just a fellowship for me. Yeah, absolutely. I wish I could get Travis to quit micromanaging me, but you know, <laughs> still a work in progress. Uh, just stop touching stuff. That's all yeah. you gotta do. That's quit what, turning. I just, hey, just just kick him in the kneecap and run. I promise you, he ain't gonna catch. You. He ain't gonna catch me now. Yeah, he better. <laughs> he better shape up. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bob. So before we get off here. Uh, the last thing we usually do is we ask the member that's on here to to share uh, what's their message to the newcomer. You know, um, maybe it's somebody that's struggling. Maybe it's somebody in this town that's listening to this thing, man, and, and feels like there's no way out. Uh, what's your message to the still sick and suffering addict? Man, really all I got to say is if an addict like, if an addict like me can get clean, then they can too. That's just the reality about it. If an addict like any of us can get clean, you know, they can too. And it's where they're at in life, where you're at in life, don't define who you are. You know what I mean? We carry the, we carry the name addict. We carry it proudly because that's where we are and that's where we're from. And we don't forget where we're from. You know, we, I wear that, I wear that title proudly and I always will. You know, it's a, uh, like I said, act like making it clean and you can too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We can forget who we are, but we better not forget what we are. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Bob. Appreciate it. Love you, man. Love you, Bob. All right. Love y'all. Yeah. We'll be back next week with tradition Two. See y'all then. Thank you for joining us on our living clean podcast. This is another platform that we can share our message of recovery, which is an addict. Any addict can stop using drugs, lose a desire to use and find a new way to live. Join that no matter what club you can contact us through text. The number is 931-306-9364.